studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I did a lot of driving over our little time off. We took off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so made a six-day weekend. Did we make it six days out of it? Right no, we worked there. Wednesday, didn't we? No, I don't think no, we, we did. So we made Wednesday, six days Thursday, out of Friday, Saturday. Wow! No wonder I'm so relaxed. I love driving in general. This time I did not. Um, going through the divorce, I couldn't think of anything else. And usually I just love to drive. Just mm. love it. I, it was awful. It was torturous. You know, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Oh mentally boy. speaking, just from a mental standpoint, it was terrible. Yeah, I would. Uh, the, one of the great things about driving to me is your mind can f- do its filing. You know, your mind you space off, and your mind takes care of those things that your subconscious has to. And I wonder if, and and I'm not speaking for you. I'm just asking. Maybe you had to do that. I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know, but it was unpleasant, I'll tell you that. Anyway. Yeah, there are times I'd rather be fully occupied. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, did the boys have a good visit with Grandma they, and Grandpa anyway? They had a great time, except for, oh, riding the, except for riding the zipper at the county fair and throwing up all over each other. Poor mm. guys. Mm. Sam never threw up in the ride. He kept it together. As soon as he got out, he collapsed in the dirt and started vomiting. Henry threw up in the ride, and apparently him and his hat and his vomit were just flying around in oh. there as they spun. Oh, you got to rename that ride. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I couldn't take him home for an hour. We just sat in the car in the parking lot. Um, had to put a blanket on Sam. He was shivering, and, and oh. they're both covered in vomit, and it was just disgusting. And uh, and I couldn't drive because if I moved to the car just an inch, no, no, no. I'm going to throw up again. So any movement oh, was just too wow. much with the motion sickness. Oh. So we sat there for an hour. Yes, Michael. Did you say anything to the carny running the ride? Well, first of all, I don't speak his language. Secondly, <laughs> um, uh, no. I mean, what am I going to do? But he, because there were hardly any, but there was hardly anybody at the carnival at the time of day we were there. He he did him a favor by giving him like the extra long ride. And it's a spinny ride, if you don't know what the zipper is. And so they rode like three rides version worth of the of the zipper, which might be too much for anybody who normally would be able to handle it. But anyway, they were super sick, and they told me later when they had calmed down. And it is ended up, my brother said this, this will be a story you guys will laugh about 40 years from now. Yes, yes. Uh, even though it was miserable now. But at one point, they were praying and telling each other they loved each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. That's how bad they were. They thought they were going to die, which is obviously not funny. But Well, now, I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kids, but I, I, I'd say there's an opportunity here. you got to buy a zipper machine, put it in the backyard, and any time they're acting up, say, you want to get on the zipper? You want to ride on the zipper? All right. Time to settle get down. <laughs> One more of that on the zipper. <laughs> I listen to a bunch of different podcasts, a lot of stuff on national defense. I am uh, highly worried about China. Very, very worried. A lot of smart people are really, really worried. I'm worried about Russia and what they're doing in terms of cyber attacks. we got more on that coming up in a little bit. Great guest and panel on ABC this week on Sunday talking about the dangers of cyber attacks and ransom attacks and what Russia might be up to and how bad we are to stopping it. 
Um, so we'll get that coming up in a little bit. I know, Sean, you vacated and went to a Brazilian steakhouse. Yes. Which apparently Joe knows what that is. I oh, yeah. have never even heard the term before. No. Craig Godwalls turned me on to this. We went together. So much so is, meat. Is this a new thing? Oh, no, no. It's been around for ages. Okay. Is it a different kind of steak? Well, it's it's many many meats, Sean. You've, you've experienced it recently. Yeah, it, it, whereas a typical steakhouse, you would go and you would pay I don't know sixty dollars plus or whatever for your your particular cut of meat, and that, that's what you get. And then you even have to pay extra for the sides for some reason at steakhouses. I don't right. understand, right. but whatever. Okay. You can't throw in some potatoes. I'm eating a sixty dollars steak. <laughs> I got to pay for the fries. I got to pay All another right. ten bucks for four pieces of broccoli. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, but so you you pay about that price, but instead, uh, what you get is an all you can eat sort of uh, scenario where men with uh, meat on swords come out to your table, and with that sword of meat, they take another smaller sword. I got your they, meat sword, and they, <laughs> they grow up and they cut off. Uh, very, you know, hey, do you want the do you want the fillet? Do you want the the garlic sirloin? You want the jalapeno sirloin? You wow. want the ribeye? You hey, want the... send send a guy with the 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 hog leg back over here. <laughs> yes, sir, we'll get him. Yeah, and then they 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 carve it off right in front of you. You can even tell like how how do you want it cooked? Uh-huh. And they carve off a different part depending on on what the the temp you want. They give you some tongs. You rip it off the rest of the way, and you put it on your plate, and you just keep eating. That does sound like my sort of thing. Oh, it was. Yeah. It is on the short list of my favorite restaurant experiences I've ever had. It was great. If you are a light eater, you can go for the experiments. Stay away experience, from me. Don't you're... talk to me. That's what you do if you're a light eater. Don't ever talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. There's nothing you and I should ever talk about. You are going to overpay for your meal if you are a light eater. On the other hand, if you are a, a, a fella, especially who enjoys a hearty meal, it's really like, good. like my brother always says. If he if he goes to an all eat buffet, he wants to win. I need to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you're going to be walking out moaning. All right. You're going to be you're going to be making noises like poor Sam and Henry as they get fresh off the zipper. Right? Oh, oh, they also man. Had, like this oh. weird, this grilled like roasted pineapple that was just pineapple with like cinnamon sugar on it, but kind of like. Ooh. Rotisserie yeah. grill. Oh, oh, it was a yeah. perfect little palate cleanser between the various steaks and everything. Oh, God, it was good. But, Sean, when we talked about this earlier, you you gave a good little hack, a good little warning. They're oh. going to try no, to fool make, you. They're going to try sure, to dupe you. Make sure you hit up the salad bar. And they and they put out on the table, too, all these different little cheese bites and bread rolls, and I'm just mm. shaking my head looking at that. Mm. You can go ahead and take your little bear traps back in the kitchen. <laughs> I, this may be my, my first steak at Brazilian Steakhouse. But I know what the game is. Oh, look, there's delicious pasta at the salad bar, honey. Don't fall for it. I might have been bored in the dark, but I I don't know what the rest of that song (laughs) is. But it wasn't yesterday when there was light. (laughs) In the darkness. There's something. (laughs) Yeah. My my friends who had had been to this place before uh, many times, uh, all up to 24 hours prior to going there, they had adjusted their eating really? to make sure that they oh, had wow. enough room. Oh wow! So, uh, no, they, we're we're eating yeah. light breakfast and light lunch because we're going to the Brazilian steakhouse for dinner. <laughs> Go in hungry, awesome. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Am I staying? I don't know if everybody's grandma and grandpa or mom and dad are this way, but my parents they just. The f- the eating situation is just insane. A giant breakfast, and then it just seems like an hour later we're having a giant meat filled lunch, and then right you barely ham get a sandwich, ch- honey. <laughs> barely get a chance to sit down, and my dad's out there with big thick pork chops. He's got wait, what do you've got? I've eaten two yeah. days worth of food. 
Yeah, I know it. I know. <laughs> That's why I always say in my family, love equals weight gain, because you get done with one meal, and then they put out the snacks before lunch. What are you talking about, snacks? I just ate an omelet the size of my head. My brother, one time, he took the challenge. He said, I'm going to try to eat everything mom offers. I'm going to see how long I can go. If I just say yes to everything. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, we're, well, you were seeing Grandma and Grandpa. I was kind of behaving as an honorary grandpa to my brother's kids. Because my, my kids are, you know, 28, 26, and 21. His kids are uh, just about to turn 11 and 9, I guess. Almost exactly the same ages as your kids. But so I show up. They are. They come here every so often. We, we spend two, three days together. Uh, I'm silly. I tickle them. I make jokes. We play funny games on the floor. They squirm all over me. I, I am reminded of the incredibly important act of wrestling, but protecting your genitals at all time as bony <laughs> oh, yeah. little kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are jumping all over you. Uh, and then, you know, two, three days later, boom, toodaloo, I'm out the door. Good luck. Good luck. I've spoiled them. I'm gone. It's kind of nice. We drove, Grandparent training school. We drove through Death Valley on the way out. Um, I love Death Valley. But if you've never been, if you're ever in that area of uh, California, make the trip. It's just it's so amazing. It's like you're on a different planet. Uh, but we drove through and stopped a bunch of times. My kids really had a good time there. We went up to, stopped in Vegas on the way back, which my older kid loves Vegas. And all the sights and sounds and smells and noises and everything like that. But my youngest with his, I should have known this, with his um, uh, various sensory issues and everything like that, we were there like 15 minutes and he fell completely apart. And we had to get to the car fast and he was just a mess. We, we Just too a, much. Huh? Just too much. And I was afraid yeah. of that. I tried to get him to wear his earmuff things so he couldn't hear anything. I thought that would help. But he didn't want to. He wanted to take in the full Vegas act. But, man, it was it was pretty Vegasy for, uh, you know, Coming out of the pandemic, there was a lot of people and a lot of noise and a lot of Vegas fun going on. If you were to guesstimate what percentage of the usual crowd was there, what would you what would you guess? The streets were pretty full in terms of the sidewalks. You know, when you're walking through Vegas, they mm-hmm. they seemed pretty normal. But the fact that I was able to pull into town and just drive down what is that Las Las Vegas Boulevard, mm-hmm. whatever that boulevard is, Tropicana Boulevard, the Strip, the Strip. The fact that I was able to pull in and just drive down it, I've never been able to do that before. Usually, you know, you got to you got to you got to park and get a cab or something because it's going to be hours to get across town. Yeah. So I'm thinking it was a lot less than it looked. A lot of stuff closed though. As we walked through some of the biggest casinos, a lot of the restaurants and big bars, stuff like that, still not open at all. Hmm, in Vegas, yeah, in Vegas. None of the buffets, which you know is a big, big Vegas thing. None of the buffets are open. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, you know, I can't keep track of all the states' uh, openings and closings, but I'd, I'd assumed that Nevada was more open than that. So I really thought the panel they had on ABC this week was one of the most interesting things I took in over the last week about where we are with cybercrime and Russia attacking us, and also those attacks on our diplomats where they get the headaches and the seizures and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Havana Syndrome. We now almost certainly know what's going on there, which we've been wondering for quite a while, or at least know a lot more about it. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, I took in a lot of podcasts while I was uh, driving. Drove about 2,500 miles in the last five days. So that's a lot of driving and listening to podcasts. And it's 
cetera, et cetera. And um, there are a number of things happening in the world that are troublesome for the growing world disorder or lack of a world order. And it, it would seem that uh, a lot of the world, the bad guys in the world, feel like you can just poke the United States now or, you know, poke and prod at various things you used to not be able to poke and prod at. Yeah, like, test. Like downing an airliner in Belarus just because you want to, you know, take a guy um, hostage. That that sort of stuff just we we didn't the world did not allow that. Are we going to allow it? Apparently we are. Uh, uh, so many brazen attacks on um, uh, norms around the world, including our own cyber infrastructure, which is particularly what they were talking about on ABC this week. Talking with Keith Alexander, I don't know if you remember him. He's a four-star general, and he's been the DNI in a number of things. But he was the first United States um, commander of cyber. We first developed that idea that we're going to have a guy in charge of Cyber Command, and he was the first one, and they talked to him and asked him how bad things are currently. Cyber attacks are just one area of suspected Russian activity. The National Security Council now determined to find out who and what is responsible for those more than 100 reported cases of so-called Havana Syndrome. The mysterious and serious health incidents that first affected Americans in Cuba now reaching U.S. spies, diplomats, and other personnel around the globe. Former CIA operative Mark Polymeropoulos says Russia must be behind it. He became dangerously ill during a trip to Moscow in 2017 with debilitating symptoms that have plagued him ever since. I woke up in the middle of the night with an incredible case of of vertigo. The room was spinning. Um, I had a splitting headache. Every day for three years, I've had a a, a splitting headache, a migraine headache in the back of my head. It's a headache that that never goes away. So we got our clips uh, messed up, obviously, so hopefully you're able to track with this. Two different things we're going to do there. I'll fill you in on that one. Then we'll get to... Uh, General Alexander. That was Martha Radich talking about the um, what they call Havana Syndrome now because it started in Cuba. But we've had diplomats all around the world get their brains scrambled. Well, we were thinking, I was thinking anyway, that it was some sort of an attack, some sort of microwave attack and a, an attempt to attack people. It turns out what they go on to say there is what they think it now is it's a it's it's a piece of equipment that can grab the information off your laptop or out of your phone. Oh. And a, a byproduct of that is that it scrambles your brain. They probably don't like the fact that it scrambles your brain and makes you sick. Because right, because it, it leaves evidence. Yeah, they would rather you didn't know that. And remember, there was one like 20 feet from the, the, the fence in front of the White House. So They're, like it's a Bluetooth tractor beam. So they're able to reach into people's laptops and phones and take the information, and they were trying to do it. Whoever, probably the Russians, maybe the Chinese. Uh, they were trying to do it right there by the White House. Um, it turns out that it also <laughs> makes your brain not work right anymore. Yeah. Um, which might ultimately, you know, uh, the, these casualties aside, be good news that we, were, we caught on to something. Because otherwise, we'd have had no idea that somebody had this technology. So I didn't see this feature at. Do they have pretty good evidence that, that that's a reasonable conclusion? I don't remember how the they pre- tractor beam thing. I don't remember how they presented the evidence, but they they seem to say it fairly definitively that that's wow. that's what's going on now. Now back to uh, Keith Alexander, who was the um, first head of Cyber Command, talking about how bad things are now with cyber attacks. Oh, I think the Russian hackers are clearly after gaming intelligence on our country, 
on what the administration is doing, what President Biden is thinking, and what's coming up against Russia as they prepare, I think, for the upcoming talks between President Biden and Putin. They're stealing information. And, you know, it's interesting. This is more blatant than I've seen in my career. They are going after this in the solar winds. You think 18,000 companies and now, as you said, 7,000 more with this last USAID attack and the Colonial Pipeline. Even though they claim that was from hackers, I believe they're associated somehow. They're sending a message and they're doing it blatantly. And they're going after our intelligence system and they're saying, we can do this. We've got to fix it. Yeah, so what he uh, is going goes on to say is, it's the most blatant I've ever seen, and they obviously do not care. They just they feel like they can get away with it, and so they're just going to keep doing it. Like shoplifters in San Francisco. Absolutely. They know there's no repercussion. For whatever reason, and I'm not sure who's to blame for this, the rest of the world seems to feel like they can do whatever they want now, and the United States is not going to get in the way. And I don't know if it was... You know, Russia taking Crimea or, you know, China building those islands or if just a, an accumulation of a bunch of different things. The the word on the street seems to be, nah, you, you can do that now. They're not going to do anything. You know, that brings up the, the old topic of being, and this is in quotes, being the world's policeman, which is a lot more complicated topic than a lot of people treat it, I think. Because if we're not going to be the world's policeman, could be there ain't going to be a policeman and you don't want to live in that world. Yeah, it's interesting. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, the first season, we, I had a major crush on Jen. Um, I, and, and I re- think we re- both, at some point, we were both crushing hard on each other, but it was like two ships passing because one of us was always in a relationship, and we never crossed that boundary. So, so we just channeled all of our adoration and love for each other into Ross and Rachel. Interesting. Ross and Rachel mm-hmm. actually had a crush on each other in real life. I'll be darned. The only reason I really brought this up is I thought this was interesting. China's three top streaming platforms, because they aired Friends the Reunion in China. Oh, really? they did? They're Friends fans, I guess, in China. Huh. China's three top streaming platforms took out appearances from Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, and LGBTQ fans from uh, from the show for a variety of reasons. Um... They uh, bah, 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 bah. they took out the Korean boy band BTS because, what, they don't recognize K-pop? <laughs> they, don't, they don't like K-pop in China? I am so out of my depth here. A shot of Matt LeBlanc's joy in his underwear was taken out. Oh, can't have that. A reference to peeing on a jellyfish sting, famous episode, uh, was also taken out in China. About six minutes were censored in the 104-minute program. Justin Bieber and peeing on jellyfish stings. What yeah. do these have in common? So Lady Gaga had badmouthed China, and so she's banned from touring China. Oh, she, why? Because they have met, slaves in concentration she, camps. She met with the Dalai Lama, also, so ah. they can't have her there. Um, Justin Bieber's funny strut down a cop, catwalk in the wacky Spudnik potato costume. I don't know what that means. 
that Ross wore for a Halloween in a season eight episode was taken off in China. Hmm. Is there any greater uh, I'm a celebrity and enlightened flex than meeting with the Dalai Lama? That's at the top yeah. of the proverbial mountain, isn't it? Although you do get end up getting banned in China, which is a giant market, as we all know. Speaking of China, because we were just a little bit ago in Russia, I just wanted to fill in a little of this. So there, there's a growing feeling among uh, a lot of people. I certainly feel this way. That there's just there's there's unrest in the world. There's there's more feeling of hey, we can do whatever we want. The United States is not gonna crack down on this. So go ahead. You know, of, of, let's at least try uh, to bring down an airliner and abduct a journalist, invade a country, build islands in the middle of nowhere, and now say that this that 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 area is your sea. You know, hack into this and that, and go ahead and tell them it's us in Russia. What are they gonna do? And uh, it's a, it's a little scary. It's it's a little scary, and what it could be leading up to, I don't know. We're the kinder, gentler world power. There's never been a world power that acts like this. Hmm. You go overboard. You go way too far when you're the world power to let people know, don't you even think about it. You wipe out places. You wipe out the place where the bad stuff came from and everything around it. And a lot of people get killed, and then everybody thinks, oh, I guess you better not poke that guy in the chest. Which ends up saving many, many lives. Right. I'm not advocating that we do that, but because we don't, the world is feeling like, yeah, you can just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. They're never going to actually do it. They're not going to actually go to nuclear war over Taiwan or Ukraine or bringing down this airliner or whatever. They'll just go, let's keep pushing them. Yeah. And yeah, I, well, I wonder where this is going to end up. And I wonder if Biden's going to, it's going to be on Biden's watch that these big decisions are going to have to be made. It'll, it'll absolutely end up in more chaos and death. It might have anyway. Just because, right. uh, you know, rising powers are going to sure. push and push and push. But we weren't going to had... stay the sole superpower forever. That was just that's not was never going to be the case, no matter right. who was president. Right. But you had Obama leading from behind. And then Trump's record on international cooperation is way too complex to characterize simply. There are some things he did that were absolutely necessary, and I think they were great. There are also some things I think he mishandled. He could have done a lot better, but we definitely stepped back another step from being, quote-unquote, the world's policeman, which is a phrase that's usually intended to suggest it's a bad thing. But trust me when I say it's not all a bad thing. Preserving the international order for for commerce and the rest of it is a good thing. It's an expensive thing, and yeah, our allies ought to help more than they do. But if the alternative is no policeman at all, or or like you're in Portland, a weakened police force that isn't interested in you know doing their jobs as much as they used to be, well, then that's bad. You know, I I heard some podcasters now they were they were hawks making the argument that NATO should land plans in Belarus, whether they want us to or not and a demand that that journalist be let out of prison and and allow him to be taken out of the country, or you don't get to use this airport until we do. Now, Putin would call it an incursion and an let attack, him. and he would uh, let him. conduct military exercises. Let him. <clears throat> but you make it clear, no, 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 air, air spaces are going to stay free. You don't get to just bring down a plane wherever you want to in the world because there's a journalist on the plane you don't like. But that's not what NATO is going to do, and that's not what the United States is going to do. And other dictators, including Putin, who everybody believes had to have signed off on that, or it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, um, uh, Dictators are going to be like, yeah, you can just bring down planes. Uh, if you could think there's somebody on there you want to grab, just bring down the plane and kidnap them. Nobody's going to yeah. do anything. You know, it's funny. I'm often reminded of uh, one of Positive Sean's thousand and one aphorisms, thousand and one sayings, which is uh, 
that generally the guy who wins the fight is the first guy to realize he's in a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. He's admitted that, hey, talking each other down ain't happening here. We're about to throw dogs, and I might as well, you know, throw them quickly or, or more effectively. So, yeah, I would say the next 20 years are going to be really interesting geopolitically, and that almost never means in a good way. So no. I'm, not, I'm not talking about there will be good Olympics and exchange of arts. I'm talking uh, nuttiness. There's well, still going to be, in theory... A uh, an Olympics in Beijing in 2021, right after the first of the year. That's there's no way that's going to occur with the free world participating, is it? Yeah, not well, a chance. No. I know. How could we? I get the whole international cooperation thing, but as I said before, this is not having the Olympics in Germany in 1938. This is having them in Germany in 1943. It's just you can't. We will see. How do you like oh. this headline? Uh, woman found naked in Florida storm drain. Let me say it again because I want to get it correct. Yes. Woman found naked in Florida storm drain has to be rescued again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woman was missing for three weeks down in a storm drain. They got her out, and then she, she went back down in a different she storm was, drain. She was vacationing down there. It's expensive to be above ground in Florida on vacation, but below ground, the bargains are many. They got her out of the six-foot storm pipe, took her to a hospital. Then she, when she got loose, she went back down she, in the drain. Yeah, she you know, forget her watch. She went back. Oh, I'm stuck again. Yeah. No, she missed the drain. No, actually, this I read this. She's profoundly oh, yeah. mentally ill. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. My oh, yeah. God. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Florida. But th- 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 so everybody's th- mentally ill in Florida, right? <laughs> you don't want to be in a Florida storm drain for three minutes. Oi. Snakes and alligators and caca and whatnot. Oh, please. Caca? Oh, speaking of caca, there's this bullesque going on these days. I just had an interesting conversation with my wife during last commercial break. I, uh, I texted her. I said, hey, uh, we have been. We were told five weeks ago, I think it was, that, uh, that we're getting a room recarpeted. Uh, yeah, it'll be two weeks. No, time goes by. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. Finally, I say, look, you got to call. Call them out. See what's going on. And she gets the, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, the truck just delivered it uh, five minutes ago. If you listen real close, you can hear them pulling away. Yeah. There it is. Back up right now. Yeah, your carpet just came in because she was a little heated. She's like, where's our carpet? What's going on? So it's, it's obvious now. And anybody who's trying to get anything done with the real estate market like it is or c- construction or handyman or whatever, they're, they're, you must call and yell at people. Otherwise, they just wait because they have 27 customers yeah. they need to service. And they have time to get to four of them this week. So it's going to be who's pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of just went through that uh, myself, and uh, I call it the anger economy. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, I didn't blame the guy who was working on our uh, bathroom. He did a really, really great job, but yeah, he's just swamped with so much work. So I think it's exactly what your situation is. You just you put out what fires you can because you got so many people. Yeah, um, wanting your business. And we, sure, the Joneses don't seem to care when their carp goes in. This guy's screaming at me. I'm going to go to this yeah, guy's house. I understand. Yeah. Um, uh, we were at uh, where was it? Oh, I was sitting at a picnic table at a playground in Arizona, and some guy uh, started talking to some guy, and he's doing some construction on the business he's working at. He said plywood has gone from eighteen dollars a sheet when he was buying it not long ago to brace eight, yourselves, friends, to, to eighty dollars a sheet. <laughs> Holy crap! What is that? Is that uh, COVID? Is that the ship stuck in a canal? What, what, 
What's going on with that? Oh, that reminds me. Listener sent it's us all the supply chain, inflation, just everything together. Some listener sent us three headlines about the lumber shortage, and and they were like a liberal, a couple of liberal outlets, and a and like a moderate outlet, and they had completely different explanations for why lumber is so expensive. That's what's so scary about inflation, though. There doesn't have to be an explanation. Just it is. It's just getting more expensive. And everybody gets into a panic, and so people say, "I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out when it was when it was at seventy dollars and it had been going up from eighteen. Do you think anybody who thought at all that they might need plywood in the next month decided to buy all of it at that point? Of course, yeah, so, you know that's just the way inflation works, and it just it's self perpetuating. And getting out of that is really hard." Yeah, and Judy and I are buying a piece of equipment. It's very first worldy. It's a you know, it's it's Another not a big deal. Bidet. It's not, no, no, I'm well stocked in bidets. It's our place. It's like, uh, Buckingham Fountain in Chicago in my house. It's just absolutely wonderful. It's like, uh, you know, who's got the, the fountains there in Vegas? The one, Bellagio. We watched it's those like just the, the other Bellagio day. Bellagio in my house. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. But anyway, so <laughs> music goes off and everything. It's so all you, you colored just, lights. You, oh, you just, yeah. You just picture you straddling the Bellagio fountains <laughs> is what it is. If you'd like. If you've ever been to the Bellagio fountain, just picture a giant Joe straddling it and squatting over the pond. If you'd like to picture that, go right ahead. (laughs) But so anyway, that was another one of these. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll give you a word on the schedule in a couple of weeks. It's been like three months. I I write an email, and finally I call this gal up. I say, so what's the timetable? She said in as many, not so many words, but she said, someday. (laughs) It's like, when will I find my prince? No, when does our refrigerator get here? I don't know, someday. Oh, great. That's a good answer. Super. I don't know. Eventually. Our supplier, blah, blah, blah. His supplier, blah, blah, blah. Parts, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Someday. How can you possibly build anything if plywood goes from 18 to $80? Expensively. That's like a hurricane has just hit prices. Yeah, it's it's gouging. It's post-disaster gouging prices. I don't know. Buy a cinder block house or build a just a, a brick house because <laughs> you can't get any, any uh, plywood. Unreal. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, um, most traveled since the pandemic started by far over Memorial Day weekend. That's good news. Uh, The number of cases that were recorded yesterday were the lowest since early March of 2020. And we were testing nobody back then, so it was probably a lot higher. But Mm -hmm. um, So, everything's headed the right direction. But uh, Memorial Day is still Memorial Day and should be remembered for what it what it is, uh, memorializing people who uh, who've given so much so that we have the free country that we have. And I wish I had highlighted more of this. Maybe we'll link this Atlantic piece. I'm going to read from the dispatch here because it just um, teases it. it says the Atlantic piece from SLA Marshall recounting the D-Day invasion of Normandy first published in 1960 was one of the best and most harrowing things we read on Memorial Day. That's why we're going to uh, post it. The piece is a vivid reminder of who and what the holiday is meant to honor. Quoting now from the 1960 reporting, Already the sea runs red. 
Even among some of the lightly wounded who jumped into the shallow water, the hits proved fatal. Knocked down by a bullet in the arm or weakened by fear and shock, they are unable to rise again and are drowned by the onrushing tide. Other wounded men drag themselves ashore and on finding the sands, lie quiet from total exhaustion, only to be overtaken and killed by the water. Wow. It goes on to make the point that uh, the reporting on D-Day, because it ultimately was a victory... Um, has mostly throughout history had such a positive uh, sh- uh, sheen on it. You know, overall, it was a success. It was one of the, the, the greatest undertakings in the history of military. Well, not one of it. It is the greatest undertaking in the hil- history of moving men into a, into a battle situation. Um, and because it was a win, you know, you, you treat it as such. But it was almost entirely disastrous to get that win, if it makes any sense. Oh yeah. I mean you had to sh- you had to send a thousand people and have 900 of them die a horrific deaths to get the 100 on the beach and you know you get enough groups of 100 and you know you end up right, with a which win. Is why they sent so many thousands. But the right. details as are pointed out there the details of what was happening right there at the beginning is just almost all awful. Right. Almost in its entirety just terrible, tragic, awful. Yeah, yeah, the sacrifices. Oh my of war. God, just horrible! Just, it is, it is, uh, it is, it is horrible. It's unbelievable, and you know, and it's a reason not to take it lightheartedly when we're talking about this stuff we were talking about earlier about standing up to the various bullies around the world and why it's important to do it. Or maybe you know, sometimes it's important not to do it. You don't want to willy nilly stand up to bullies either. Right, it has to be in service to the national interest, whether short term or long term, obviously, but. Yeah, shying away from it sometimes invites so much more violence yeah. that you're better off. But again, that's, you know... Kind, kind of related to this, Netanyahu, uh, leader of Israel for the time being, probably not very much longer, um, he was accused a couple of weeks ago while they were getting into it with Hamas of doing this for political purposes. And he said, and I believe him, because he was a um, he was a, a special forces military hard-ass tough guy. Uh, for real, and fought in a lot of battles. And he said, my best friend died in my arms, my brother died, I do not take these things lightly. And I doubt that he does. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Final Thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Welcome one and all. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, our technical director, pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael? I had a similar experience to uh, Jack's kids on a spinning ride when I was young, and I was going around and around, and I got an extra long ride, of course, and my grandma kept waving and smiling at me, and I'm waving my arms saying, I'm getting sick, I'm getting sick. Oh, boy. And she thinks that I'm having a great time, you know? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yikes. Positive Sean, our producer, with a final thought. Yeah, recent convert to two new things that I uh, had had not experienced before the last week. Brazilian steakhouses and audiobooks. I will be frequenting both with with some regularity going forward. There you go. Jack, a final thought for us. It's an interesting thing as a grown-up to be involved in something with your kids that you know is going to be a lifetime memory for them. They're old enough now that this trip... That we took 2,500 miles of driving, visiting Grandma and Grandma and seeing Uncle Joe. Um, they'll remember this trip for the rest of their lives. And it's just, it's interesting to, to, to watch it and realize you'll be talking about this after I'm gone. This right, trip. right. And as you pointed out before, bring your four year old to Grandma's, bring them to the moon. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they won't never, remember a damn thing. You'll never know. <laughs> right. 
Right. My final thought is I've always been perfectly fine with the fact that at armstrongandgetty.com you can buy a hat, a t-shirt, uh, a sweatshirt, that sort of thing. A&G swag helps keep the guys on the payroll. It's appreciated. Uh, but I'd always felt a little uncomfortable about the undergarments. The Armstrong and Getty uh, jogging bra and the Armstrong and Getty boxer briefs. Well, after weeks of having them laying around, I've tried on the Armstrong and Getty boxer briefs. They're fantastic. Oh, they're perfect. They fit great. They got like a low waistband so they don't roll over if you got a bit of a belly on you. And this is from a man who straddles the fountains at the Bellagio, so he takes yes. care of those parts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm telling you, the A&G boxer briefs, the jog bra. My, my 21-year-old daughter said, Dad, it's incredibly comfortable. Have you worn the jog bra? Uh, I should. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> I don't need to, because I'm not going to jog. Armstrong and Getty, <laughs> wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thanks so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com and purchase those fine items for yourself or those you care for. And <laughs> you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Uh, and uh, all of the, the stories, the links we talked about, they're under hot links. A&G hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. So China doesn't allow K-pop. How do we get that going in our country? <laughs> See you tomorrow. God bless America. I'm strong and getty. That is the climax of foolishness. Get over it. I'm just saying. Words. That's the awesome. I think this is so ill-advised. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. What does it have to be? Fire, sir. You, you, you. You're not making them laugh, but you're bringing us together. Get the hell out of here. So, let's go out with a bang. See someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the cheesecake factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that. Armstrong and Getty.